I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive at work at home edition. So today I have Ari Zerolnik, who was in charge of names and flavor text for Infinity. So we're going to talk names and flavor texts. Hello, Ari. Hey. Hello. Hi, Mark. How's it going? Okay. So first, I want to explain a little bit to the audience um, two things. First up, um, you had an idea when you were put in charge of the names and flavor text. You had an idea for what to do with a set that is not the normal way we do names and flavor text. Let's talk a little bit about how did you come up and what, what was the idea and how did you execute on it? Oh, for sure. So, um, yeah, I was put in charge of this one because the, uh, the standard creative text coordinator was pretty underwater at the time. And I'm known for being just a little bit funny. So, uh, I realized that I, what I need to do was stack the deck with people significantly funnier than I was. So I, uh, I got permission from the creative director to hire some some internet names, which uh, we I don't think we've ever... Have we stunt cast on uh, creative text writers before, Mark? We have not. This is the first stunt casting. Uh, I mean, we, we, we have had people who've been on teams that people might recognize. Like, there are, you know... Uh, community people that have worked on name and flavor text team, but this is the first time we kind of did this. Uh, that's true, yeah. So uh, the very first name on my list was uh, was Sean Baby, who was probably one of the most formative comedians to me. I, I, had a, I don't know if any of you had a subscription to Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine back in the day, but he had a column at the back that was always very absurd and really fun. And he's still active. He has a great uh, column right now called the uh, One Nine Hundred Hot Dog, which is really silly. And then um, I believe you, Mark, came came to me and said, "You got to get the loading ready run people on board." Right? I did. That was my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, and we took it. So we got a uh, Grand Kathleen and Cameron from LRR on board, who are really funny. And then you have uh, Mark, myself, and. Uh, a really good, like, kind of consistent flavor text submitter in Austin Bridges who now works for us so, uh, full-time. Okay, so I wanted to explain to the audience, okay, so we get this team. How exactly does it work? How, how does how do people write flavor text and, and names? Oh, with their hands on the keyboard, usually. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so, basically, uh, it was, as the, the creative text leader, it's my responsibility to pick, like, 20 to 30 cards a week to wave and uh they all pop up in this program we use and everyone submits a handful of options for name and text for the card when appropriate uh and then we there's kind of a period of back and forth between everyone where i was kind of riffing on each other's ideas trying to make each other laugh you know the the fun stuff of writing comedy and then at the way the end of everything many weeks later so uh, the, i want to find so laura seeker is the name of, of the, the program and I want to sort of walk through how it actually works for the audience. I mean, for the um, for us. So okay. when you said you you what you do is you say okay, this is week one. It lists whatever twenty cards, how many cards you put in, and then it says whether it needs a name and whether it needs a flavor text. Um, the reason it might not need a name is there were some names that sort of were baked into the card, and it was kind of hard not to call it that name. Uh, and then some sets don't need flavor text because there's not room for flavor text. Yeah. Um. And then what happens is whenever you post something, everybody on the team can see it. It's a public posting. So if I thought of a funny idea for Katarina of My Rose Marvels, oh, that didn't have flavor text, of uh, <laughs> Ballerina or whatever, uh, I would write it in and then other people could A, see it, 
and B, they could thumbs it up. I don't know if they could thumbs it down, but they could thumbs it up. And you did have a good... You knocked Ballerina out of the... I did. I Ballerina is mine. <laughs> if you see a pun... <laughs> oh, the name Ballerina was mine, but Cute yes. the Mutton was yours. Teamwork. Yes. See, the dream working, it's happening. Yeah, one of my goals in this set was to get as many puns in as possible. And Just you told me one of, one of your goals was to make sure there weren't too many puns in it. Uh, I One of my biggest goals for the set was to get a big variety of yeah. humor. And, like, there's a lot of different things that people find funny. And there's a lot of different things that we can't normally put in regular magic sets. So it's cool to try to jam them all into one wacky thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's. It, I, I agree with you. I, I like the fact that we really try to do a lot of different kinds of, of humor. And that it's not all one type. There's, you know... Like, just like we make magic cards from a design standpoint, like, hey, not everybody likes the same thing, so how do you make people happy? Well, make sure you make lots of different things, so no matter how how you play, there's something that speaks to you. Should we come up with humor archetypes, like the, yeah. the, the Spike and Timmy of jokes? <laughs> um, so anyway, the thing I was trying to explain was that the process is very open-ended and visual, like meaning everybody who's participating would see other people's submissions. And often, what would happen is somebody would do something. You're like, "Ooh, I like, I like the angle you're at it. I'm going to try another joke using that same sort of, you know, I like the premise or I like the structure or there's something that someone else did that I didn't try to improve upon." Yeah, and that was uh, a lot of a lot of times just because everyone's generating so many ideas for so many cards, people will get like. 50% of the way there. And so I mean, that's what we say that it's a very collaborative process. We, we mean it. Yeah. And, and a lot of what happens, like here's a real common thing that would happen. Somebody makes a joke and I'm like, well, that joke's not quite landing, but man, their premise is great. You know, they, they have a very good idea for the joke. Cause a lot of, when you're writing comedy, um, like a lot of it is like, well, here's a card, but what exactly, like, what's the angle on the joke? And half the battle sometimes is, oh, here's the angle. Now, what's the best way to, to play the joke in this regard? And so a lot of times, somebody else coming up with the premise allowed you to really go all in on, okay, let's maximize that premise. Yeah, and other times, uh, sometimes nothing worked. Because it's really, so uh, something we left out of the process is that when we were writing flavor text, the rules mechanics and the art is completely done. So I, I keep describing this as, like, we're basically trying to ace 250 different New Yorker ca caption contests. Yes. Which, and sometimes we don't get it. And that means at the end of the day, it was basically me, you, and Tavak banging our heads against the table, hoping to, to clear it, which got us some good stuff, like Black Hole. That was you at the last minute. Oh, yes. <laughs> Code Dark Donut. <laughs> yeah. By the way, my favorite... So for those who don't know, uh, let, me read the, let me read it to you real quickly. And I'll explain a little bit. Um... So it's uh, Black Hole is a card, three and a black, sorcery, destroy target creature and up to X other target creatures, where X is the number of attractions you visited this turn. And the flavor talks is, Code Dark Donut, Code Dark Donut, all available fun specialists, please report to the Royal Coaster immediately. Trust Chief Engineer, trust is our, there's a lot of flavor text, we'll talk about trust in a second. Um, so the thing that is funny is, if you know anything about um, amusement parks, uh, they don't like saying bad things over the um, loudspeakers. So they have codes that they use, um, like code B or whatever. They, they have codes they use. And so I loved the idea that um, 
you know, so the Rex Nebula, who's the captain, uh, has a bad habit of like parking where he shouldn't. So the idea that they so often get too close to black holes that they have special terminology that they have learned to use to sort of communicate that there's a black hole and they need to deal with it. Um, and so this was, there's a lot of us making fun of sort of amusement parks. And this was me making fun of this thing that amusement parks do that I thought was very funny. Okay. So let's jump in and talk a little bit about the, about the characters because I, I brought that up. So oh, for sure. One of so, one. Okay, go go ahead. So explain uh, your, the job as far as characters related. Well, I was going to say so there isn't going to be an, a Legends of Infinity article. So this is your Legends of Infinity article. Everything we say from here on out is completely canon. Update that wiki. It's all true and it's all real, right, Mark? All real. This is all real. this is canon on content right here, people. That's why yeah. you came. That's why you came to this podcast for canon Infinity content. Yeah, you paid for that whole seat. You're only <laughs> using the edge. It's just how it works. Um, yeah, so we did. We we have the legends coming into like we have the legendary cards and the art. And uh, since it's an onset, there's not really a story behind it. So we kind of ended up fleshing out everyone's personalities as we were working on them. As we work on the flavor text, as the card names as they popped up on the flavor text of other cards. So some characters like Trust, who have a a bunch of flavor text, have more of a personality form than others like the marbles who are just kind of like their cycle but uh so we let's, have canon let, lore for all of them let's, let's talk about trust trust is one of my favorite characters oh sure trust. Uh, okay so tr trust chief engineer um let me i'll just read our card real quick so we as we talk to the character so blue black legendary creature vidalcan rogue employee one three whenever trust chief engineer enters the battlefield or another creature dies put a hack counter on trust two and tap remove x hack counters from trust Add or subtract X from a number or number word or target spell or permanent until end of turn. This effect can't reduce a number below one or a number word below one. So, okay, I'll tell my belief on trust, and you you, you can jump in here, yeah, is I think that she she's a Vidalcan hacker that originally hacked the park for fun, uh, and when Myra discovered it, she hired her because she's like, hey, you're, you're way better than anybody I got. I... I, I um, and one of the things about the park is it's kind of held together like spit and duct tape. Like it's, it's, it's one of the things that one of the comedy things that we were playing into is the idea that like, you know, this park from the outside looks amazing, but on the inside, like it's, it's chaos galore. Yeah. I, uh, I agree 100% with that, uh, description of Truss's character. Yeah. She definitely was hired after doing some questionable work and was hired to continue questionable work. She also has a, a long-suffering assistant named Glaxar, who pops up in the flavor text sometimes. Uh, Glaxar will definitely have a card in Infinity 2, if that <laughs> yeah. ever happens. But, uh, yeah, Trust is a bit of a, a, a Taskmaster boss, not because, like, she's mean, but she's a little neglectful. Like, she just kind of gets lost in her tasks, and she's like, all right, Glaxar, put on the spacesuit, clean off the all the space bugs we just hit, uh, not really thinking about it. But uh, she's very good at what she does. Yeah, the uh, I, I didn't have a chance to write this short story, but the short story I wanted to write was Truss's day of just all the people calling her on the, on the you know, Truss, this is going wrong, Truss, that is going wrong. And the, the sense of her character that's fun from a comedy standpoint is she's trying her best to just fix things, but, like, there's so much going wrong that, that she's just, con like, she's never really solving things. She's just coming up with a hack solution in the moment, and that's all she ever does every day. 
Yeah, I think we could say definitely say that she has all four hands full. Yes, she does. <laughs> yeah, so she also has an advantage playing the Ariel handful card that we do not, unfortunately. So yeah, there, so Truss is one of the characters we reference probably the most in Flavor Text, just because it's funny to keep going back to the joke of, okay, this is going wrong. Hey, Truss, this is going wrong. Or Truss saying, hey, we have a problem. You know, we're talking to Glaxar or whatever. Um, yeah. Like one of the things, by the way, just for uh, behind the scenes of writing Flavor Text is... It's kind of fun if you can build up some of your characters so that you can sort of, through the flavor text, create some environment. And having character voices that you can repeat and use multiple times is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to go to the next one that we used a lot. Oh, sure. Uh, was Pietra, Crafter of Clowns. Of what, what, one red-white, legendary creature, human clown artificer, 3-2, haste. Robots you control get plus one, plus one. Red, white, tap. Tell a joke you haven't told this game to someone outside the game. Create a one, one, white clown robot artifact creature token. If that person laughed, the token gains haste until end of turn. Okay, Pietra is the only clown in the park that's not a robot because she is the creator and builder of the robot. So talk yeah. about Pietra. Yeah, well, see, she, she created the Mirthing Pod, which is the, 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 the technical piece of machinery that spits out more robot clowns. You can see on the card... Uh, Clown Extruder. <laughs> uh, going through our notes here, her full name is Pietra Hong Kong McGiggles. Which <laughs> that didn't fit on the card. <laughs> it definitely didn't fit on the card, but it, that's it's canon. Everything here is canon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, she's 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 serious about comedy. She's very good. So I hope you can't hear that police car come by. Um, but uh, yeah, she's she's a highly talented robot engineer and a total goofball who has managed to combine both of her passions into. Something good for the universe, question mark? Yeah, the, the one thing that is very funny is, so back in the day, I used to do stand-up. And one of the things that's really interesting about stand-up is you spend your off time, like, talking about comedy, right? Like, like talking really seriously about the structure of comedy. And the thing I, I love about Petra is the idea that, like, she's really, really invested in making the best clowns ever. Like, that, that is her life's passion. And so a lot of her flavor text is very funny because she's, like... She's very serious about it. Like, the stuff she's talking about is never serious, but she's very serious about it. Um, and, like, for example, um, here, we can read some flavor text. Uh, a good day to pie, which is a card that says, one in white, instant, tap up to two target creatures. Whenever you put a name sticker on a creature, you may return a good day to pie from your grave at your hand. Flavor text is, what could be funnier than one big pie to the face? Unless, no. Could it be that simple? Pietra Crafter Clowns. <laughs> That's that's one of my favorite texts in the set. Yeah, it's just like you know, she's like trying to innovate and like, oh my goodness, we could do multiple pies. Yeah, two pies, <laughs> unheard of. <laughs> um, oh, uh, here, we should probably talk about Myra herself. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, that's a good uh, Myra the Magnificent. So let's talk yes, about Myra, the founder of Myra the Magnificent's intergalactic astratorium of fun. Yes. Uh, Okay, I mean, let, me, sorry, let me read Myra. Oh yeah, Myra the Magnificent, two blue red. She's a legendary creature, human performer, two four. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, open an attraction. X and tap, exile target instant or sorcery card with mana value X from your graveyard and choose an attraction you control that doesn't have a midway counter. Put a midway counter on it. Whenever you visit that attraction, copy the exiled card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Um, So Myra, the... Once again, whenever we're trying, we're trying to make interesting characters, but we're also trying to make comical characters, right? That you want to, yeah. and every character we want to figure out what's the funny thing about the character because we got to write com comedy with her. So 
Myra, the thing about Myra that I find super funny is she wants to make this spectacular, spectacular park. Uh, you know, she wants to make something that people really want to come and visit. And she actually really cares about all her people. She's very good to her employees. Um, but she, she'll take whatever she needs to do to get it done in the sense that she's, you know, like excitement is very important to her. Safety, eh, a little less important to her. Safety 12th, I believe. Yeah, safety 12th is, is what you said. Um, I think Myra always had like really big dreams from a young age. And she uh, she inherited this big kind of falling apart space station at some point, and she saw her chance to create something that could really leave a mark on the universe. And uh, but you know, it, it, it's sort of like with trust, where it's just constantly patching all the holes, but in like a, a larger sense, right? She just trying to trying to hire the right people, trying to get these new rides going, trying to rotate out the broken ones with new ones that work. So she's got a lot on her plate, and she, but she's got a lot of ambition to match. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just pick my, my favorite piece of flavor text on my There's a bunch of good ones. Uh, was it was a card called Quick Fixer. Two and a black, two, three, menace. Whenever Quick Fixer deals combat damage to a player, open an attraction. Uh, and then her, the flavor text is, Myra doesn't believe in stopping rides for minor inconveniences like they need to be repaired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this idea of like, ah, you can, you know, there's three minutes where that, that part's open. You can fix it in those three minutes. <laughs> Yeah, act fast. That card is sweet too, actually. Yeah, Not it's uh, yeah, it is. Anyway, the, the Myro is a lot of fun to write. I think because it was just like and here's another a great piece of flavor text from leading performance. One in white sorcery. Choose two letters. Put a plus one plus counter on each creature you control whose name begins with either of the chosen letters. Uh, the flavor text is: If people are always on the edge of their seats, we can save money on sharebacks. Myro the magnificent. It's 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 really logical as long as you don't think about it too hard. <laughs> okay, and there's another. Um, oh, what's the? Uh, um, hold on a second. Uh, there's a card called Petting Zookeeper. This is Myra's not quoted specifically on this, but it it oozes Myra. Uh, two and a green uh, elf employee zero four reach when Petting Zoo enters that battlefield open attraction. Calling it a Petting Zoo really saved on cages. <laughs> And we, we, uh, where is that? We go back to that one, too. Yes, we, oh, and but this is a good example of, um, I came up with the idea that the reason it's a petting zoo was that then she, like, it was just easier to, like, make it function. And I remember, I, I did an early version of this joke, and I think it was Graham that, like, loved the joke, but I just didn't execute it on a well. And, and he, this is actually Graham's execution of my joke. Which I think is a much better execution of it, um, but like it also. Oh, sorry. Well, you did. You said the joke kind of the first time on the card Blankasaurus, which is your flavor text, which says uh, petting in the petting zoo is not advised. Oh right, right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I, the, one of the we had running. One of the things you do in flavor text is you just get running jokes, right? Um, so I love the idea that they have a petting zoo, which is wildly dangerous and yeah. maybe it's very exciting, but be very careful in the petting zoo. It's not really made to be things you pet. They pet back with their teeth. Okay. Another, who, who else we got? Yeah. Captain Rex Nebula. Oh, the greatest captain in the universe, according to him. Yes. So, okay. Captain Rex Nebula, one red, white, two, two legendary creature, human pilot employee. 
At the beginning of combat in your turn, target non-land permanent you control becomes a vehicle artifact until end of turn. Its base power and toughness are each equal to its mana value. It has crew two and crash land. Whenever this vehicle deals damage, roll six out of die. If the results equal to this vehicle's mana value, it deals that much damage to any target, then sacrifice the vehicle. Um, so okay, so... Okay, go ahead. What? <laughs> yeah. I thought, by the way, uh, I'm I responsible for his name. I'm really, really proud of his name. This might be my favorite named character in the whole set. Because um, we needed to have a name that sounded like this bombastic captain, but also told you that he destroys everything. Or wrecks it, if he yes. would. He wrecks the nebula. So I, anyway, I was very proud of that name. Um, That's a good one. We, yeah, we, he's one of the characters that got made during the world push. Um, like, trust we sort of made as we were making cards, and Pietro we made as we were making cards. Myra and the captain were in the world push. They were actually designed, like, as... Like, we knew they were characters that were going to be in the world, and then we made cards for them. Um, and the idea behind Captain Rex Nebula was always, like, who knows where Myra found him? Maybe he's just cheap, and he, uh, she could afford him or something. But he's uh, he's not the most thoughtful of captains. He's, he's bombastic, and he thinks very highly of himself, but he's actually a horrible driver. I'm like, he... For example, one of the stories that it's on one of the cards, um, he accidentally backed over what was it, Blurbian Twelve or something? We should we'll talk about the Blurbian separately. Yeah, we'll talk about the Blurbian. But thing. he he backed over a planet, and then Myra, like because she felt so bad that that happened, gave lifetime passes to the Blurbians and to the little green aliens you see all over the place. They're the Blurbians. They they now live on the park. All right, we've talked about it now. Yes. That's pretty much how it goes. Well, I mean, we'll get, we'll get into Mormons in a second. So, Captain Rex oh, yeah, Nebula. Yeah. Um, so, so I, the way I see it, that Rex was, in fact, a really talented pilot, but he is used to flying, like, small fighter craft. And now he's been put behind the wheel of this giant space station, and he still drives it like it's a little fighter. So, <laughs> just smash it into everything. He, uh, we, uh, we have some stuff, right? We have uh, the concept of pulling a nebula. On the uh, the bumper cars, yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of bumper car references. Uh, let's see, um, yeah, the bumper cars, the the flavor text for the um, attractions for all but one of the attractions. There's more than one of them, so we got to do. Assuming there was space for it, we got to do multiple um, pieces of flavor text. So bumper cars, which is an attraction, visit target creature must be blocked this turn of fable. Pull the Captain Nebula. Crew expression meaning an out of control car has caused great damage to the surrounding area. <laughs> I think my favorite Rex Nebula quote is on the card "Step Right Up," which is a, a sorcery, three and a black mana. It just says "Open to attractions," and very, uh, very powerful. And uh, his quote there is "Ah, the midway, beating heart of the well, maybe the big top is the heart. If there were two hearts, then the midway or lungs, lungs or stomach, Captain <laughs> Nebula." So. He's a great thinker, as you can tell. Yeah, we there, there's definitely. A, I mean, the, he's a character we make. We have a lot of fun making fun of, and he, he definitely shows up a bunch of times in flavor text and things. Oh, okay. So, um, do you want to go to the Blorbians, or should we go? To, should we save the Blorbians and do more characters? Let's talk about Ambassador Blorpity Blorpoop. Oh, Blorpity Blorpoop. Okay, so um, I think me... that's the best thing you've ever written in your entire life, Mark. <laughs> And I say this as a, a lifelong fan of the Weatherlight Saga. Uh, I just... Yeah, so... Blurpy, the, blurpy. Yeah, I, I don't know where it came from, but once I, I 
once I put it in the file, I was like, oh, we have to have to do this. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I really, once, so once the card got, uh, once it was decided that the card to be eternal, it was very important for me to push through the most difficult to say name possible, just in case someone on coverage ever had to say it someday. <laughs> so I have said, let me read, Amb Ambassador Blorpy Blorpoop, three green blue, a legendary creature, alien advisor, gas, three, three. When Ambassador Blorpy Blorpoop enters the battlefield, you get three tickets. Then you may put a sticker on a non-land permit you own. At the beginning of each combat, you may have Ambassador Blorpy Blorpoop's base power and toughness become equal to the total power and toughness of all stickers on permits you control. So, so as we said earlier, uh, Rex did uh, run over the Blorbian homeworld, saw the Blorbians were br brought onto the Astratorium and given lifetime passes, and they're set up in the hotels forever. A side effect of their full-time residency is that they have become absolute monsters at all of the arcade games. <laughs> like, if, if you're competing against the Blorbian at any of the, like, you know, a dart toss or whatever... Just give up already. They are unbeatable. And if you look at the art of Ambassador Blorpy Blorpoop, he has, like, all his winnings are in uh, behind him. That's because he, he's so good that he's won all this stuff, and he, that's all his prizes he's won. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like the de facto leader of the Blorbians. If they had a, a king or something, they probably didn't make it through the crash. <laughs> so he represents them, but... Uh, oh, he's not really over it, is he? Oh, oh also, he by the way, by the kitty ride. Huh? By the way, I, I believe that ambassador is something he calls himself. Like, I don't think anybody, I don't think there's like an official thing where he's the ambassador. I just think like he's chosen to be sort of a leader of his people, and he gave himself this name. And people finally said, "Fine, we'll call you ambassador because it'll shut you up." <laughs> it's canon now. Uh what is the, uh, I don't have it pulled up. Can you grab Kitty Coaster and uh, read his line on that one? Oh, yeah, I, I can. Indicative of his current headspace. I, I can. This is the, this, this is the darkest of the ambassador. Uh... Yeah. Okay, so, um, the calming motion of this grubbling's ride reminds me of my world's beauty before this mobile afterpark obliterated it. Ambassador Blorby Blorboo. So, by the, way, by the way, real quickly, uh, this didn't fit, but originally this was a Yelp review. <laughs> um, oh, and Sean Baby wrote. Sean Baby wrote this. It's a, a Yelp. Please, this is. We don't want to get sued. Yes, Yelp. Sorry, it was a Yelp a review. Yelp. <laughs> it's it's space Yelp. Space Yelp. Um, yeah. yeah. The the one of the things that's funny is the idea. Like, there's some. It's fun playing against the idea of here's a silly thing that happened, but there's like dark undertones. Like, yeah, he did kind of back over the planet. Like, you know. So I think that's funny. I do think that, like, Rex and Blurpy Blurploop have kind of, like, a a sort of friendship. Like, or, or, like they, you know, they get dinner sometimes and kind of, like, trash yeah. talk each other a bit. I, I think so. I, they I hang. Huh? I said I agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's canon. Now that it's canon, absolutely. Yeah, it's canon. Seriously, put it on the wiki. All right, what else? Do we okay, got? next, Devil K. Neville. So, oh, two and a red, two one. Yeah, our, our Daredevil. Legendary creature, devil performer, haste. When Devil K. Neville enters the battlefield, jump it over any number of creatures. If it clears those creatures, put that many plus one plus one counters on it. And his flavor text is, Danger's my middle name. Also, I don't know how to spell. <laughs> that is one of my favorite flavor texts in the whole set. Um, <laughs> yeah, we... So Devil K. Neville, the, the, he, he was also one of the characters we made during the World Push. 
Um, I think I, I think I was the one that pushed for this character. I, I just love the idea of a daredevil that was literally a devil. I thought that was that was funny to me. Um, sure. And and we're doing carnivals. It just felt, the the vibe of a daredevil just felt felt great in a sort of a circus carnival environment. So. Um, and the bike is great too, and like that retro futuristic design is super fun. Yeah, the 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 big thing of uh, the his he shows up on a couple pieces of flavor text. Um, yeah, so here here's my favorite of his. It's on well done. Um, so two red red sorcery. Well done deals five damage to target creature. If that creature is rare or mythic rare, well done does three damage to that creature's controller. And he goes. So the flavor text is, "What's the big deal? I've been on fire eighty one times, twice just while sleeping." Devil K. Neville, Daredevil Extraordinaire. <laughs> I, I just love the idea that, like, and this is sort of that Daredevil vibe of, like, yeah, whatever, he's broken every bone, He's he's been on fire, you know, he's, like, whatever could have happened to him has happened to him, he's a Daredevil, that's what happens, you know. Yeah. We actually, we kind of go over what happened to him on the card, Rad Rascal, right? So, which uh, is three and a red for a creature, Devil Employee, when Rad Rascal enters the battlefield, open an attraction. And the text on that card says, rent a scooter and be just like Devil K. Neville. Just don't go faster than the speed limit or jump over anything or catch on fire or break every bone in your body multiple times. Other, other than that, just like him. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that. To me, the Devil K. Neville is that he has this bombast, not bombastity, I guess. He has this enthusiasm of he just loves being a daredevil. And okay, right, that means that all sorts of horrible things are going to happen to you. But, you know, he just, he, he thrives. Like when he's leaping in the air, that's the most alive he's, he is, you know. Danger is his middle name. Danger is his middle silent. name. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what character would you, would you like to talk about next? Uh, let's talk about Minoxa. I think that she she has quite a large role on the station. Okay, so Minoxa, Minoxa Midway Manager, two black red, legendary creature, vampire employee, 3-3. Three, three. Whenever you roll three or higher, Minoxa Midway Manager gains first strike until end of turn. If the roll was four or higher, it gains menace until end of turn. If the roll was five or higher, it gains lifelink until end of turn. Six colon, or, you know, six activated, uh, roll a six-sided die. And then her flavor text is, can we get this ghost 11% spookier? <laughs> okay, so get, who is Minoxa? Uh, I as as it says on the tin, Minoxa is in fact the Midway manager, and uh, she's been hired by Myra to to keep things going in her stead. Like so, while Truss is fixing all the um, the electrical and technological issues, Minoxa is dealing with all the people issues. So she's making sure that all of the staff are doing their jobs, they're in the right place at the right time. She's willing to help with uh, with any guest issues that may arise. She's very good at her job. She's a little cold-blooded, which comes with the territory of being a vampire. Uh, but she, she definitely she cares about what she does, and she knows she's good at it. So one of the things uh, about, about the park is um, Myra is very specific on trying to hire the right kind of, of, of creatures to man different parts of the park. So the midway is mostly run by vampires, um, and so that's why Minoxa. My take on Minoxa is she started as an employee at the park and worked her way up because she just was really good. Um, and that at one point she just like ran, you know, ran one of the stores or something. But she worked her way up the ladder, and now you know she's in charge. Um, Look at that clipboard. That is the clipboard of a leader. That is the clipboard of a leader. Yes, it's quite the clipboard. Um, <laughs> and she. Uh, she shows up, uh, so, um, so here's a, a, another piece of, a flip text mentions her on Scooch. 
uh, one in a black, instant, add or subtract one from target creature's power, target player's life total, or target die roll, draw a card. Uh, and the art shows, there's a character called Rat in the Hat that we meet on Rat in the Hat that doesn't have a name, but it's a rat that wears his tin can on his head. Um, and we see him messing with, uh, um, somebody's trying to hit something in the games and he's messing with it so they miss it. And so she says, what? No, that's ridiculous. Of course the rat doesn't work for the park. I've never seen it before in my life. Minoxway Min Midway Manager. And, uh, that's not true, is it, Mark? I, that is not true. Uh, in fact, uh, she definitely has, uh, she will use whatever resources she needs. She's very, uh, she wants to get the job done. She'll, she'll do what she needs to do to get the job done. If she needs to have rats, she'll work with the rats. She, she's not beyond that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, there's a reason Myra likes her. If, if you look at the card, Rat in the Hat, we can see exactly what Monoxa is responsible for. Uh, rat in the Hat's a creature. It costs one black. It's a rat rogue. It's a one-two. And you can tap and sacrifice it, and until end of turn, you may cast target creature card that has a hat on it from your graveyard. And the flavor text there says, While the gremlin beetle and squirrel infestations wreaked havoc on the park, Lenoxo was able to spin, oh, sorry, Roxy was able to spin the numerous rat colonies as a robust recycling program. Yeah, Roxy's a different character. Roxy's our, our, yeah. our PR person. We'll get to Roxy in a second. Um, they're working together on this. They're, they're working together. Um, well, I guess, I guess we can get to Roxy. So Roxy is the PR person for the park. Um, publicist to the stars, as we call it. Um, two yeah, blue, red. Well, she she named herself publicist of stars. One hundred percent. Roxy made that title. No, no doubt. Um, which, she's which stars is it? Huh? Two uh, blue, red. Uh, legendary creature, human employee, star four, flying. Roxy, publicist to the stars, powers equal to the number of permanents you control with art stickers, plus the number of cards in your graveyard with an art sticker. When Roxy enters the battlefield, distribute up to two art stickers among one or two non-land permanents you own. Um. And my, Roxy is just, they needed a PR person because the park is full of things that could be seen very badly, and it's her job to spin it and make it sound exciting. Yeah, it's, it's, she's, she's here to give a generous interpretation of the goings-on. I also think she's responsible for, like, the, the massive amount of flyers that they airdrop on planets, as, like we talk about on Nearby Planet, and, uh, yeah, she's... Turns the good into the bad into good, right? She's 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 the the queen of spin. That's what I like to think of it. Yeah, and there's a lot of spinning here on the Astrotorium. Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about employees, um, but we haven't got too much. Let's talk a little bit about the performers. Um, oh sure. So, do you, do you have a favorite of the performers? Um, I mean, I do, I am, uh, I am partial to Tuscan Whiskers. Yeah, so okay, let's, talk, let's talk Tuscan Whiskers. <laughs> so Tuscan Whiskers, three green, white, legendary creature, elephant mouse performer. Whenever you put an ability sticker on a creature, put a plus one plus one counter on that creature. Two green, white, tap, you get a ticket. You may put a sticker on a non-land permanent you own. Yeah, yeah, they're a 4-4. Four, four. Weighing in at a combined 13,000 pounds and two ounces. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, here, let's let's get some cannon going for these guys. Okay. Uh, Tusk doesn't actually like peanuts very much. He thinks it is a little bit of a stereotype, and he prefers cashews. Your turn. Uh so the so Tusk and Whiskers they actually originally were separate performers. They hired independently. They weren't hired together. Um, but uh, one show sometimes what Myra does is when they're tight on time or space or something, she'll just throw multiple acts together. And they just found this this affinity, and they sort of crafted their show. And they and they right now are 
I think the number one hit in the park. I, th I think they are the most popular of all the of all the things. Although Devil Kid Devil probably is, is pretty up there. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and like Harold too. But yeah, no, I, I, that all sounds canon to me. Of course, um, well, no, whiskers, nothing but canon. Um, that that's today's. <laughs> it's all canon. <laughs> whiskers has a, a regular sized dog. So a little mouse walking full size dog. That's it. That's that's, <laughs> that's all the canons. That's it. Okay, uh, I I, want, I I now want to talk about uh, Spinneret. Oh great! Oh I yeah, yeah, do that one. I'd love to read the original flavor text of that card. Okay, okay, it's my fave. Uh, so Spinneret Arachnobat, three black green legendary creature, Spider Reformer, two four reach. When Spinneret Arachnobat enters the battlefield, open an attraction. As long as you control three or more attractions, Spinneret gets plus two plus zero oh, and has menace. Um, Highwear injuries are down ninety five percent. Spider related injuries are up three thousand percent. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had to, yeah, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. So we had to cut down that flavor text a little bit to fit on the card. The original is pretty much the, the same, but I, I liked how it flowed a little more, which was, uh, since she started making the safety nets, acrobatics injuries have fallen by 95%. Spider related injuries, however, are up by 3000%. So, yeah. yeah that, the, the, yep. right. We, we hint at the fact that she makes the, her web is the safety net for the, uh, all the people doing acrobatics and, you know, high wire work. Um, it's also the reason she doesn't have to pack lunch. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she gets delivery. <laughs> um, I just one of the things that it was we we decided very early on in the making of the park that we were doing circus vibe, but we didn't want like all the animals in the park have total agency. Like they're there because they're they're working there and they're part of things, and no one's making them do things they're not trying to do. Uh, and I. Somehow loved the idea of this giant spider that just worked for the park because you know why not? Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's really fun. the design she has is great too with all the the the, the future hoops and uh, yeah she definitely she uh she she works for food if you would. Okay, so we're we're almost out of time. We're actually running a little bit long here, but uh, oh, no. this, this is fun talk. Um, I'm gonna do one last character, uh, and and we're gonna give some canon to this character. Oh, sure. Which one are we doing, Cam? Comet, Stellar Pup. Two red-white, oh. legendary planeswalker, Comet. Uh, for zero, roll a six-sided die. On a one or two, plus two loyalty, then create two one-one green squirrel creature tokens. They gain haste until end of turn. If you roll a three, you lose one loyalty, then return a card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to your hand. Four or five, Comet, Stellar Pup deals damage equal to the number of loyalty counters on him to a creature or player, then lose two loyalty. And six, plus one loyalty, and you may activate Comet Stellar Pup's loyalty ability two more times this turn. Um, okay, I've talked a little bit about why I made a a dog planeswalker because of desire from outside, from the players. But who is Comet Stellar Pup? Why is there a dog here, and how is he a planeswalker? I think the most important piece of canon about Comet Stellar Pup is that Comet is a good dog. Very much so. He's a good dog. I think that, that's the, the key thing to understand. Um, I think Comet's motivations are, if you look at the card, pretty instinctual, right? Yeah, he yes. He wants to eat and chase squirrels and have a good time, like the rest of us. So here's my belief. So Comet um, had a traumatic in, uh, incident. We're not 100% sure what that traumatic incident was, but it made him his spark happen, and he jumped for the first time. Um, but I think he's got really into being a planeswalker. I think he, like... He likes digging up bones in Innistrad and burying them on Zendikar. Um, and so what happened was, I think he sort of 
stumbled into the park. Like he he was he wasn't necessarily planning to go to the park, but he sort of found his way there, and it's kind of his, his new home. I mean, he he likes to go off and you know roam the multiverse. But this is where he comes back. This is Myra. Myra really took to him, made him a little house. You can see in the back of his art, you can see his little dog house. And this is where he calls home when he's not out, you know, running around the multiverse. Yeah, and there's a lot of things for him to chase on on the uh, on the station. Like he's he's never bored. Oh, oh look, can we talk about the the infestations real quickly? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. So one of the things that we decided as we start going along was it just there's all these things that made fun to have infestations. So the park has a beeble infestation, it has a squirrel infestation, it has a rat infestation, and it has a gremlin infestation. And they all, like, created this infestation stasis, where they're all just kind of, like, predating upon each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, like, these, 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 are, these are space squirrels. They, uh, they'll take a beeble down faster than you can blink. I, I think that's why Comet loves this place so much, is he loves chasing squirrels. Especially, oh, yeah. especially space squirrels. But uh, I think he loves... And so, there's just so many squirrels here that it's just endless fun. So, I have a, canonically, do you think that Comet looks down on Mowu? Um, I don't think he thinks much about Mowu, to be honest. <laughs> you don't think so? I, I mean, if he, saw, okay, if he saw Mowu, he would bark at him, for sure. 100%. For sure, for sure. Um, but I don't, I don't think Comet thinks about any one thing for very long at all. I think that, like... Um, for example, you know, uh, you know, he he's definitely like he sees something, and that's what he's thinking about. Like he, I don't think he keeps any thought in his mind for longer than like ten seconds. That's really relatable, Mark. Yeah, I mean, the the important thing to me, by the way, about Comet was he's a dog. He's not a dog person. He's not a like intelligent dog. He's like he's a dog. He uh, and that was very important to me that that he acts like a dog, and so he has lots of lots of dog like qualities because because he's a dog. Yep, no, that, that, that's the most canon thing about him. Anyway, uh, I realized I wasn't even watching the time. No, normally, these are 30 minutes long. Um, although, the funny thing is when I drive to work, if there's, like, traffic or something, they'll be longer. So, I like to think that the traffic, the, the metaphorical traffic, was the awesomeness of the creative. So, that uh, slowed us down. But uh, I do I do have to, we do have to wrap this up. So, Ari, any last thoughts about the making of the names and flavor text and creative of Infinity. I it's some of the most fun I've ever had and I would love to do it again. Yeah, I, I also say that I um you know my background before being a game designer was writing comedy. So it was it was so much fun to just get around with lots of other comedy writers and riff off each other. I, I had a blast. I really, really enjoyed working on the on the on the the names and flavor text on this app. The team was so good. Because everyone brought their A game. Yeah oh yeah there was I think, I mean, I am proud of pre previous unsets and their names and flavor text, but I believe we raised the bar that this is the pinnacle of awesome names and flavor text. So, um, next unset, I have to call you back. So, because we will have a we have a high bar to clear for the next one. I'll be there. Just say the words. So anyway, thank you, Ari. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And to everybody else, uh, I'm at my desk, so we all know what that means. It means the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.